Hello, you're very welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Final Whistle.ie League of Ireland podcast. We have a First Division focus this week with the fact that no Premier Division games are taking place due to the international call-ups this week. So here's what we have coming up on the show. Coming up uh, right after this introduction is Kevin O'Connor of Cork City, who will be talking to us all about things on Lee's side. Later on in the programme, we'll be talking to Wexford Football Club's Dinny Corcoran. And as always, we will have our chat with Dear McCarney. And this week, as I said, we'll be having a First Division focus. We'll also have an exclusive interview with Kevin Doherty of Drogheda United after their dramatic win over Dundalk FC in the Loud Derby last week. But taking us into our first guest, here's Kevin O'Connor. Kevin, I'm delighted to have you on the programme. It's great to see you. Hey, Kieran, Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Kevin, uh, opening day draw against Longford, but since then you've had three wins on the bounce. But more importantly, not a single goal conceded this season in uh, the first division. You must be absolutely delighted with the start that you've had. Yeah, look, uh, obviously we're six games in. You know, we've we've uh, we've been playing well. Um, Longford was a difficult game. We never really got going in it, but um, after that, you know, things have started to click. But as you said, it's it there. It's only a start, really. So. Um, it's tough to build on. Look, we're we're still um, there's still a lot that we have to work on, but but so far it's been it's been good and uh, uh, the vibe is good around the place, so we can't complain. Speaking of the vibe around the place, you know, from my own experience of of going down to Turner's Cross, um, the crowd is just absolutely fantastic. Now I understand because of the difficulties that the club face with the relegation and everything. The crowds dwindled, but now all of a sudden this season you're seeing once again record-breaking attendances at the cross. It seems yeah. as if there's that because performances on the pitch have been good, but also that's replicated by what's happening off the pitch. It seems like the good the good vibes are back, so to speak. Hundred percent. Look, um, I think it all kind of started. Uh, look, it was obviously a difficult period for the club when they did get relegated from where they had been, you know, just a couple of years before. Um, which is obviously disappointing and and things didn't go the way they, they had planned. But, you know, I think ever since Colin came in, you know, he's kind of put in a few building blocks and he's gone from there and the club has gone from strength to strength. You can see it. I think everybody around the league, you know, missed, uh, didn't realise how much they, they missed the League of Ireland and the games with COVID, you know, playing behind closed doors. It was, um, it was different as a player, 100%. It was way different, you know. The atmosphere was non-existent, you know. So uh, you kind of had to build on it yourself. But, look, we can we know down here when when we're doing well just how good the crowd is and how hard it is for opposition teams you know but we never expected to get the numbers that we're getting this year and the fact that we've been playing well in front of them you know that draws them back every every week you know so we can't complain we're we're delighted with how the crowds are coming in we're delighted with you know the energy around the place you know everything is positive and uh, uh, that's look a lot of that is down to the manager down to Colin and and what he's brought into the to the club you were at Shelburne and before that you were at Waterford. I know that there was another spell at Cork before that, but what enticed you? Was it Colin or was it just to go home, so to speak, back to Cork uh, since you've had so much success there? Um, a bit of both, really. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I enjoyed, really enjoyed it last year with Shelburne. You know, we, we won the league and we, we had a great group. and you know, there, was just a, there was a lot of uncertainty throughout the year of what was going to happen at the end of the year and that, that kind of took its toll on a lot of players. You know, there was a few lads that decided they wanted to leave early before any decision was made, you know, and then then there's a lot been told, you know, that they're not going to be kept on. So it was disappointing ending, I suppose, to such a good season with how everything went. But um, look, I played with Colin 
down here years before and I know how good of a, a person he is, how good of a trainer he was, how good of a player he was and how good of a coach he was going to be. So it didn't take too long for him to, uh, it was more me kind of convincing him, I suppose. <laughs> to that. You know, I, was, I wanted to show him that I wanted to come back, which I did because I've, I've always uh, I've always enjoyed playing in Cork. I always loved playing in Cork. Um, and look, I could see what he was building and it was a no-brainer for me to come back. Do you think, though, that you said, you mentioned it there, you won a first division medal, you also won a Premier Division medal with Cork in 2017, an FEI Cup in 2016, and we've spoke about it off air, broke my heart that day, but, <laughs> you know, the the experience that you got both here and also in England, now I know that your time at Preston, there was a lot of loan deals and, and kind of time away from the club, but all that experience will count, including especially last year, to try and push Cork to go for that promotion push for this year? Yeah, 100%. I think um, the experience of winning, you know, kind of sticks with you. Once you get into that habit, you don't want to get out of it. And um, obviously, a few years ago, when I did get my move to Preston, you know, I, I thought, right, this is it, kick on. And, and things didn't really go my way. And, and, and you know, looking back on it, I'm disappointed with how it went, obviously. But... Um, so I kind of had to restart and I came back to Cork and and at the time, you know, the club was kind of a bit in limbo. It didn't mm-hmm. It didn't know which direction it was going in. And in hindsight, it's easy to look back and say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have gone back there and maybe I shouldn't have done this. But being honest, I probably wasn't in the best form of my career at the time either. So, you know, things like that kind of stick with you. And the relegation was always one thing that that stuck with me because I, I was here a few years ago when we were winning the league and winning the cup as you were saying and the highs of it was so high but then the lows of it of, of getting relegated with the club was was one that that always stuck with me you know and um when I moved to Shelburne last year I felt like I needed to get away get out for a, a time being and and get into an environment where you know a different environment I suppose to, to see how things operate and uh Luckily, we had we had a great team. We had a great manager, and everything better. And we won, you know. And that that gives you the experience then of of knowing how to win games. And we were very good at that. And obviously, Ali Gilchrist came down with me then this year, down to Cork, and, and he's the very same. You know, he knows how to win games, and and that's what we we're trying to embed into the lads this year, I suppose, because they're such a young team that you know a lot of them had a, a lot of growing pains last year, so. We're trying to give them that experience to help them over the line this year, and so far it's going okay. But look, as I said, we're only a start a little bit into the season, so we have to make sure we carry it on for 35, 36 games, whatever the season is. Yeah, it's a long year when you think about it. Um, Colin Healy is manager, like he was a great player. I we all remember that the, I say it was probably one of the first viral League of Ireland goals, the overhead kick against him, yeah. you know, yeah. he seems to be a manager that has a good style and a good influence on you. But more importantly, I think because, as you said, he's from Cork, he knows what it, what it takes, you know, to be, you know, to be a Cork City player. And now he knows what it takes to be. It, it probably would have taken a local, a bit like John Caulfield previous, that it would take yeah. a local lad to to understand the fabric of the club to get it back to successful winning ways. Yeah, definitely. Look, I think it's, it's such a... A unique place, um, Cork. It's it's the you know the once you're once you're down here, you kind of get the vibe of of it's kind of it feels like it's a bit of us against the world, you know, and it kind of is yeah. because they're outside Dublin and and they've never really gotten the praise that 
I've know, gotten that vibe every seems, time I've gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, we use that as motivation and, and it is, you know, because it's such a good place, you know, it's 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 one of the best places I've ever been, you know. I I love it down here and um I love the club just as much and, and you know, Collins he's obviously from here, but he's been away, he's been everywhere he's played here as well and he, he knows what it takes to to be successful here and obviously he was here when John was here and he's seen what it was to be successful and what John did to make the place successful. And um, Colin's just kind of building on that, you know, but he's doing it his own way, which is great, you know, and uh, mm. look, he's, he's blessed that, um, you know, we, we fought, we'll follow him until the end of the, you know, we'll follow him all day long because he, he has that respect from everybody. He has that, that kind of aura that, um, look, you don't want to get, you don't want to get on the wrong side of him or he will go through you. But, uh, but look, that's his last resort, but he will do it if he has to do it. But um, I think that respect, you know, that he's been there, he's done it. Everybody kind of follows him and and, and that's all we can ask. You know, it's, I've been saying this, I've been harping on about it all during the start of this podcast this season. It's probably the most competitive first division that I have seen in an awful long time. You've got yourself, you've Galway, you've Waterford, you've Wexford now creeping up kind of in that fourth position. It's one of those leagues, really, that the first one blinks. It it could be faithful in a lot of respects. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, it is. It's extremely competitive. We have at loan on Friday, who I'm not sure if they have any points yet, or if they do have very low points. But the video we're looking at them, they've been in every game. They've had chances every game to win them games. You know, so it just shows how competitive it is. Uh, obviously, you have Galway under John. They're always going to be there thereabouts because they grind out results no matter what. Um, you've as you said, you've Wexford are after coming through. They're they're putting more into it this year than they probably had in previous years, which is great to see because you want to see clubs doing well as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Waterford came down, kept the majority of their players, so they'll be expected to jump back up. But um, yeah, we obviously we we lost to Galway earlier in the year at home, and that that was disappointing. But um, look, it's a long it's a long season, and I suppose you don't want to give up too much ground early. We found that out ourselves last year that uh. You know, teams were playing catch up on us early doors last year, and it's a lot easier when you're out ahead to stay ahead than it is for teams to to catch up on you know. So we have to make sure that you know we're not playing catch up and that that we're setting the tempo and setting the bar every week. Uh, just the final two questions, Kevin. Um, first and foremost, that I think it's fair to say that the win against Treaty that was uh, it was a big performance, a big win, but more importantly, it was a statement of intent. Would would that be a fair a fair objection on it? Yeah, definitely. Look, three three were were unbelievable last year for for the first season in the in in the league, you know. And um, it's a place that's never easy to go. Even when it was Limerick were there, Marcusfield is never an easy place to go. It was always tough, and um, we knew what we were going into. And obviously, it was the third Munster derby in the space of eight days. I think for us, which was tough, you know, because we putting so much into the, the other two to, to get the wins and, and we had to make sure that we were ready to go again there on Friday. But um, it just shows, you know, how confident the lads are at the minute and how uh, kind of informed they are and, you know, how ready they are for the challenge because it's, it's going to be a hell of a season. It's going to be a long year and, you know, we have to make sure we're up at the top and, and if the lads keep performing the way they're performing, you know, I've no doubt that we'll be up there come the end of it. Um, a person, this kind of question's in, in two parts of, personal ambition for yourself you know have you set any kind of quiet goals yourself for the course of the season but also from someone as i as we spoke off air 
every time I've gone down to Cork um, during those Titanic years between Dundalk and Cork in those in those years between 2014 to 2018 it was yeah. you know it was fire and brimstone but the thing about it is is that and I've said it I think the Premier Division in an awful lot of respects is much poor without Cork City in it so I think that it's you know in some respects I'm sure you'll agree with me that um, I know Stephen Kenny spoke about it the lament of a non-monster team in the Premier Division this year but you know, your personal ambitions for the season, number one, but number two, how really important is it that a club of the size and the magnitude, but the passion and the structure and everything that Cork City has is in the Premier Division? Yeah, the personal goals is just, I want to get this club back into the Premier Division. You know, I done it last year, I won the league last year, and, and that's all I want to do again this year is to get the club back into the Premier Division, if I can chip in in any way with goals and assists, that's always, you know, I think I'm more set them up more than score them. But look, if I can chip in with a few myself, that that's always well and good. But um, another free know, kick will do, Cal. I just any a few free <laughs> kicks will do this year. <laughs> you know, um, look, I just want to help the young lads as well. You know, they're they're coming through. They're they're starting to break through and and they're starting to kind of put their own stamp on how they're going to be in this league and and uh, anything I can do to help them. You know, obviously. I'm only 26, but I'm still one of the more experienced lads in the team. Um, so anything I can do to help them, you know, is 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 a main goal of mine because I I was there when I was coming through, and I know how helpful it was for the lads that done it for me, you know. So um, look, I just want to help the young lads get through, and and, and hopefully then, as I said, we'll be there come the end of the season. But uh, as for the club, it's 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 huge. It's huge for the club to be to get back into the Premier Division. You know, we've we've set the goal uh, at the start of the season. For that's what we have to do, you know. It's it's winning the league has to be our goal because it's such a big club, and I feel like we have the team to do it. Whereas if you end up setting a target for the playoffs, everybody knows how the playoffs can go. You know, it's a lottery once you get into it. So our goal for this season has to be to win the league and win it outright. You know, and I think there's six or seven teams in the league this year that can actually do that. So it's going to be tough, but you can see that like if we're getting five thousand at home games, you know, that's going to drive us on and that's going to encourage us to, to do better and better every time, you know, and, and um there's teams obviously in the Premier Division who who might not even be getting half that attendance, you know. Yeah. So it's massive it's massive for uh for probably the league. It's big it's big for the league and it's it's huge for the club, you know, for to get Cork back into it because as you said, like them rivalry games between Cork Dundalk, Cork Shamrock Rovers, you know, they're all they're all massive games. They attract a lot of even Cork Shelburne, you know. It was a big game in the in the first division last year, but in the Premier Division, it obviously means a bit more. So it, it's it's massive to get the club back into the Premier Division, and, and and that's our aim. And hopefully, we can do that come the end of the year. Listen, Kevin, thanks very much for your time. I really, really appreciate yeah, it. And uh, you. if you can do me a favour, tell Mick Ring I was asking for him. I'm very good friends. <laughs> sure so, will. Yeah, he's, no a, he's a lovely, lovely fella. But listen, the very best <laughs> luck great, for the season. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on later on the week, later on the year. Perfect. God willing. Perfect. Anytime. Cheers, Karen. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thanks. And that was Mick Ring, or Mick Ring, not Mick Ring. That was Kevin O'Doherty, or... Sorry, I'm going to scrap all that. That was Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> I'm getting all my, all my names mixed up. That was Kevin O'Connor of Cork City. I want to thank him for coming on. Coming up next, we have an exclusive interview with Kevin O'Doherty of uh, Drogheda United, who has uh, registered a great first victory in the Loud Derby, the first time in eight years in United Park. And he spoke to our first uh, final whistle reporter after that game last Friday. Well, Kevin, uh, it was an absolute battle. But uh, you got there in the end. 
yeah. your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was a battle, and I said it before, I had a feeling that there'd be a bit of fight. Look, derbies always are, but I thought they might set up to set up against Rovers a 4-4-2, and I thought on our pitch they might do the same, and it would be a fight, but we stood up to it. And Look, we were really, really good. You saw the game, we two taken off the line, we hit the crossbar, we could have had three or four goals. Not saying that we dominated the game or anything like that, we, we certainly didn't, but we, we definitely had chances. Um, but look, I couldn't be proud of our lads. As you say, it was, it was, a, it was a battle and, and we stood up and, and were big and strong and cleared things and, and defended well, which was something that I had I'd been giving out about for the last couple of weeks about giving away sloppy goals, but we cut that out tonight. So it shows you when we do that, we have a platform we can go and, and, and win games. Yeah, it seemed to work quite well with the two banks of four defensively and then you were kind of breaking. Uh, how happy were you with what you saw from the Very happy, back? yeah. Ah, excellent, the lads at the back were excellent. Big, as I said, big, strong defend, defenders being defenders and just defending and doing the basics, which is what I've been asking. And we have done at times in game, but as I said, we've been punished for, for goals that we uh, have given away. We didn't get punished tonight. We didn't really make any mistakes to get punished for. So, no, and then... Look, as I said, the chances we had, we could have, could have been more. So, no, I'm delighted with the land. Absolutely, and uh, the intensity levels as well were top class. You've Pats away next, so uh, important, weeks. do you think? That two weeks, yeah, so a bit of a break. But how important do you think it'll be that you keep them in intensity levels up? Well, look, again, that's the intensity levels after us, part-time team in a full-time league, coming home from Derry on, at 2 o'clock on Tuesday morning. And our lads getting up, myself included, to go to work a couple of hours later. So it shows you the heart and the desire that the lads had because it wasn't easy. Believe me, this week wasn't easy. But they stood up, as I said. They worked really, really, really hard. The intensity levels, the fitness levels. Really, really happy and really proud of the lads. Cheers. Thank you. And that was Con Sheehan who spoke to Kevin Doherty after the loud derby there on Sunday or last sorry last Friday. More important matters, we'll just go through the Premier Division table starting with. And Derry City are currently top on 14 points, followed by Sligo Rovers on 12. Then it's St. Patrick's Athletic on 12, with Shamrock Rovers coming in at 11th. Dundalk currently sit in 8th position, followed by Bohemians, who are a point behind on 7. Then it's Shelburne on 6 points, with Drogheda United on 5 after that first win of the season, or their second win of the season, rather. Finn Harps are currently on 5 points, with UCD on 3. Just to give you the results of last weekend with uh, the Premier Division results, UCD drew one all in an early kickoff against Bohemians. Promise Amacheri came in with uh, Promise Amacheri scored the opening goal with uh, UCD equalising in the second half. Derry City bet St. Pat's Athletic in a titanic battle up in the Brandywell to put them top. As I just mentioned there, the Loud Derby, the first of the spoils, went to uh, to Drogheda United with a penalty in the second half. But in all respects, it was a very, very good performance from the home side. And Stephen O'Donnell will, uh, has already lamented that he will have work, they, his side have work to do. In relation to Shelburne, they lost 3-0 to Finn Harps in what could be regarded as a bit of a surprising result, but not really that surprising if you're a Finn Harps fan with Ollie Horgan once again grinding out a big result in the capital. Shamrock Rovers uh, came back from behind after being 2-0 down. They came back to 2-all with a with a own goal in the final minutes of the game or an own goal in the final minutes of the game. So that is where we are in relation to the Premier Division. There's no Premier Division games this week. 
as there is a break in the league due to the international with Republic of Ireland playing in the next two weeks. Um, so we're just going to look at the first division table very, very quickly before we have Dinny Corcoran coming in. And that is the first division table starts like this. As we were talking to Kevin O'Connor there, Cork City top the pile with uh, 13 points after six games, followed by uh, Galway United, who are currently also on 13 points. Um, they, however, do have a game in hand, but with the way that the league structure is, because there's only nine teams, that'll balance itself out at some stage. In third place, Waterford, Waterford FC on 10 points, while Wexford FC are currently on six. Bray Wanderers are currently in six uh, on six points as well, while Longford Town, despite the fact that they do technically have two to three games currently in hand at the moment they are sitting on four points after that is treaty united who are currently on four points tommy barrett's side do have a game or two in hand followed by cove ramblers who are currently on four points and Athlone town are currently on on zero so they will be facing cork city this weekend we're going to come up with our next guest and it is wexford fc striker denny corcoran Denny, I know you're on the side of the road. You've pulled in just after training, but it's delighted to hear from you. Hey, Karen, how's it going? Great, great. Not a bother. Denny, we'll get straight into it because I know you're on your way home. But uh, two wins in five, but you've been very close in those in those games, um, like the Waterford match, which you only lost 2-1. What have you made of the season so far since you've signed for Wexford? Um. Yeah, we've been a bit inconsistent, I'd say. At times we've been really good and then others not so good, which uh, I think the table kind of shows that. We've had a few good wins and then a few bad losses. So I just think we need to be more consistent because I, I think at times we've played really well. So if we can just play, play uh, more, like I said, more consistent, we'll uh, pick up more points, yeah. Um, you made the switch from Drada to Wexford. Um, you 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 had a a, a bit start season of Drada last year, but what did you what enticed you to go to Wexford this season? Um, I'd say I think Ian Ryan had a lot to do with it. Like I I don't know Ian, I played with him for over ten years ago now, so mm -hmm. I knew him. But um, yeah, I just I just wanted to go somewhere where I, I knew I'd play quite a bit, you know, because the last few years have been. Terrible true injury. I, I've missed a lot, you know. So um, that was my main focus, just to play. And um, yeah, like I said, Ian had had plans for me, good plans for me. He he told me what he wanted from me from the season, and it sounded good. And I was excited about it. So yeah, I was happy to join. Ian Ryan, you just spoke about him there. He's a manager who's getting an awful lot of praise since he took over at Wexford. He was assistant manager at UCD. Took got the Wexford job. Um, this season's probably, uh, you know, like, how have you found him as a manager? Um, I know you said that you played with him, but how have you found him as a manager um, in that coaching role? Yeah, uh, he's been absolutely brilliant, I think. Um, obviously, he's very young and he's kind of at the start of his, his managerial career, but he's he's at, he's, at, he's brilliant. He's um, He doesn't leave any stone unturned. He's so professional. He's... Uh, all his opposition analysis have been spot on so far. He, he's, he's very professional about his work and I think he'll have a, a great career going forward. Yeah. Just a follow-up on that. Do you think that um, probably working at a club like UCD as assistant manager where they've been known to have, you know, very, very good facilities, but also they, they have a very good coaching and management strategy. Do you think he's kind of brought that to Wexford, which has probably helped the club? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, like you said, he was assistant. He would have learned a lot there. Um, and he was used to working with young players like we have a young squad at Wexford now, so that, that'll stand to him. But um, yeah, he, he's, he seems to give it 100% on everything he does. And he's very focused on the task at hand. And he, he, like I said already, he really does so much work off the pitch as well as on it, you know. So um, like I said, yeah, I think things are, are only going to go up for him, yeah. We've said it time and time again. We were talking to Kevin O'Connor just a couple of minutes ago on this podcast that the first division is probably the most competitive it's been in a long time. You know, compared to the first division, do you think there's been this constant kind of, how would you say, there's been kind of this ignorance towards it that the quality isn't as good, but do you think that gap's getting smaller now between the, in terms of quality and standards between the primary division and the first division? Um... Probably is. I'd say, I'd say it is, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a competitive league this year. I mean, the likes of Waterford and Cork, full-time, Galway full-time, you know. I think it must be the first time in a good while that there's been a few uh, full-time first division clubs, you know. And um, only nine teams in the league and, and there's five places up for grabs with, with rewards, like in terms of, uh, obviously, the winners go straight up and then second to fifth get uh, playoffs, you know. So, a lot to play for and it's it's... It's gonna be such a tight league and competitive league. You've seen results already. It's it's very unpredictable. And in terms of quality, yeah, it's I've been surprised that uh, um the quality of the league. I haven't played in, in a while now, but there's some really good players there and some good teams. And um, I, I think the gap is closed between the the first and the Premier. Yeah. Um, you've had some interesting moments. We spoke about this yesterday when we were just chatting initially. Like you've had some interesting key moments in your in in your career. Is the one that stands out for you as like that's my Dinny Corcoran moment? Um, I I, I suppose uh, playing for playing for uh, balls beating Rovers yeah. and I've, I've scored the winner in three of them games. They were they were special games to play in. Yeah. I mean the fans live for them games and it, it's it's a massive occasion. It's probably the biggest game in the country, you know. And to get the winner, it just it, it's great feeling and. Um, I I probably picked them. I mean, I I did play in Europe with St. Pat's, but I only I probably only came on for I think ten or fifteen minutes in the game, so I wouldn't really pick that, you know. Although it is it is a great honour to have, but um, yeah, I'd just say that the Bowes games against Rovers, and to, I was lucky enough to be so involved in the in the field. Of them. I think we went eight or nine on the trot and beaten against them, great time. So um, yeah, I'd probably pick the him. Um, I know players have always specific targets. Is there one that you you have secretly put away? Is there a goal target for this season that you you're willing to reveal, or is that a, is that under lock and ch- lock and chain, so to speak? No, no, no secrets. Um, no, actually, I don't. I don't really set targets in terms of a, a figure to reach. You know, I just um, take every game as it comes. The main thing for me now is to stay fit and stay injury free and enjoy it again, which I am, and then. Um, yeah, I aim to score every match I play in, so I, I don't I don't set targets. You might disappoint yourself if you're quite far away from them, you know what I mean? So I just kind of take every game as it comes, try and score every game and do as much as I can for the team. But no, I don't really set personal targets. I never have. Okay. And finally, you know, you, as a, you, you spoke there that you've got a very young team. You're currently sitting in fourth position in the league. We spoke about the playoffs there. Is that a realistic ambition that you, that that's something that you're you know you're pushing for you want to break into that top top three top four in order to secure a playoff spot come the end of the season because 
Wexford have been in the Premier Division. They they were a great addition to it. So it would be great if you know that playoff journey could could bring something magical. Um, yeah, uh, I think playoffs is a realistic aim. I mean, I'm sure there's probably five or six clubs that will say that. You know, like like we talked about, it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think that's 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 our aim. Maybe not win it. Maybe winning it is a bit far off. I mean, like just like we said, the full time teams have advantages on us. You know, yeah. but um, yeah, I think a playoffs would be a successful season, and I don't see why we can't make it. It won't be easy, but I think that's our aim as a team and um, it's early days you know there's still so much to play but I think I think it's a realistic goal yeah and hopefully we can get it well listen I want to thank you very much I want you I think you need to get home and and get some rest after <laughs> training but listen Denny thanks very much for for chatting to us today and the best of luck for the rest of the season and hopefully we might have you on at the end near the end of the year yeah thanks very much for having me appreciate it thank you no problem thanks Denny all right guys cheers and that was Dinny Corcoran. And now coming into the final segment of our live podcast this evening, I'm going to have FinalWhistle.ie correspondent and host of Around the Grounds here on FinalWhistle.ie, which you can catch on match nights here on all our social media channels, is Dear McCarney for a comprehensive fixtures and look around the first division. Dear great to have you. Kieran, thanks for having me on yet again. Not at all. Uh, Dermot, let's get started. Last weekend, um, with the fact that it was the bank the bank holiday, and there was, mm-hmm. a, well, the double bank holiday, if we want to call it that, and there was the kind of games were spaced out a little bit, um, but the first game that really kind of came out of the traps was, I spoke to Kevin O'Connor about it, Tree United got um, a, a, a big, big blow in their, in their push in the league this year by Cork City defeating them 4 nothing. Yeah, I suppose a bit of a baptism of fire when it comes to your first game of the season at your home stadium. I suppose they have a lot has been said about the pitch at the markets field. I saw a couple of photos of it on social yeah. media leading up to the game. It looked questionable, but look, credit to all the treaty players. They did their best on the day, but Cork looked that step above them. They have looked strong this year. A 4 0 hiding in a Munster derby. It's not the best result for you. It's a great result for Cork. Don't get me wrong. They will be delighted with that result. I'm sure they they went home that evening knowing that you you know we we've laid a marker down for the for the rest of the clubs. But it was a three o'clock kickoff, so I don't know if any of the other teams that were playing that night had paid attention to the game. But definitely for Treaty and for Tommy Barrett, especially a crucial crucial game that is slipped away from him, and hopefully. You know you're, you're you're coming up against tougher opposition in the next couple of weeks as well. So it hasn't gone it hasn't gone to plan so far for Treaty this year. They were the fairy tale story of last year, but it's just something is just not clicking for them at the moment. Could it be? I don't want to be disrespectful or anything to anybody at Treaty or anything like that, but there's always that talk of the second season bounce or the slump or whatever it may be. Is it could that be a case that? They're, not that they've been kind of found out or anything like that, but it's just it's 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 just a different style, and also the league is completely different this year compared to last year. So it's it's so much more competitive. Yeah, I suppose it is competitive now. I suppose when you talk about the second the second year blip, I suppose a team like Cork are showing are showing their their form after being down in the in the first division for a bit now, and I guess you, you know you will see that Watford, of course, they've turned their fortunes around this year, but for Tracy. I guess, you know, a team that 
you know, lost a couple of players. They, they brought in numbers as well during the transfer window. But I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's a case of Treaty just need those a couple of results to get them kickstarted. I don't know whether the the match cancellations helped them. You know, if, if those games hadn't been called off, would we be talking different about them and say, look, it would have been a top of the table clash between the two teams? I'm not sure. It all depends on look. Speculation is one thing, I suppose, when we're talking about the league. The results didn't happen for them. With the when the games are refixed, are they going to get six points out of them? That's up for debate as well. But you know, Tommy's isn't one of those managers who's, you know, gonna settle for second best. He knows what to do. He's been around here numerous times. He knows Limerick teams inside and out. I think he knows what to get out of the players. It's just a case of getting those results and turning your fortunes around but a 4-0 defeat to your your neighbours it's not a good result and coming up against the likes of Waterford and Galway and those type of teams they could struggle again to be honest At Lone Town uh, we're defeated by Galway United but that's zero points um, it's a difficult start to a season which uh, then they have made you know, kind of big signs. Gary Armstrong was seen as a as a big coup. You know, they have Michal Schneiderman. They're, it's just not clicking for them at the moment. But Galway United are now top, joint top with Cork. Um, it's where they want to be. Yeah, I, I suppose I mentioned at the start when we were pre- previewing the season as well. John Caulfield wasn't happy to be back in the division this year. He wanted to go up last year. He prepared a squad to go up last year, and it didn't work out for him in the end. And I think. He is going for blood this year. He has strengthened the numbers. And they're looking at a team that are just chomping at the bit at the moment. You know, they went down to Turner's Cross. They got the result against Cork. Now, they took Watford. You know, Watford came up and they drew with them at home. You know, that's, I suppose, a, a point earned rather than than three points squandered or whatever the, the case may be. But look, you know, for, for Galway there... They are looking strong this year. I suppose the the team in general, they're getting great support down at Eamon DC Park this year. There's, there is a buzz around the city as well for, for the team in general. And I suppose it is a case of different fortunes for Athlone. They are, I suppose, not having the best, the best of times in, in the division this season. But at times, at that night against Galway, they did show sparks of quality and they did show you know, what they are capable of. It was just a case of just Galway. It's clicking for them under under him. And I suppose, look, we, we have been talking about Galway and that top three. And suppose this is a case, you know, we were talking to Dinny about it there as well. Like this division has been the busiest it's ever been this year in terms mm-hmm. of these results and coming through. But the competitive nature of the league, your the likes of your Galway, your Watford and your Cork, like you need to be on top form so far. And, Credit to Galway, they've they've led by example so far from from the start of the season. To be honest, Wexford were defeated last weekend by Longford Town, but let's not forget what Longford had a bit of a delayed start to their season. Um, but that that's a big result for them on so many respects because they are in some respects playing catch up, but they need to gather the points as quick as possible on those on kind of those back matches. But Gary Cronin does have to stamp his mark on the league as well. Yeah, you know, I, I suppose it could be the same thing as for Treaty. You know, they've only played a handful of games so far this season, while the rest of the teams above them have already fulfilled the the, the full fixture list that they've been handed so far. And, you know, it, it is tough to prepare a squad where 
you're unsure of whether the fixture is going to go ahead, it goes ahead, and now you're looking at another fixture, and you know, match sharpness might come down a little bit, but they showed their quality the last night. Now, you know, this is a team that have come down from last year, but you know, will they stay afloat this year? Can they contest the playoffs? It'd be interesting to see if they can rubber stamp their place in that come the end of the season. They've showed quality in spades. You know, they took Cox City for a scoreless spot home. That was a good result for them, I suppose, when it was one of their opening fixtures in the league, to be honest with you. So, you know, from, from that regards, Longford are a team that should definitely not be not be diminished of their quality. But looking at a team like Wexford as well, Wexford, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, it was a top of the table clash between them and Watford down on the RSC one of, in one of the game weeks. They've looked strong this year. So to get a result against them definitely is a result that they wanted. But whether they can turn this form now, build up the points and start getting up the table would be interesting to see over the next uh, few weeks. Just looking at the table, it's it's as we, what we would have expected. You know, the top three, Cork, Galway, um, Waterford, Wexford, then in fourth, which could be seen as a bit of a surprise. Then you've got Bray, Longford, Treaty, Cove, and then at Lone. Um, Wexford, once again, we did say that there could be the surprise package. That, that was to be expected. Um, hopefully that, you know, I think, you know, we spoke to Kevin O'Connor about this. Um, you're looking at three teams in that top four that are in Munster. I think the lack of Munster representation in the Premier Division this season has been a, has been a huge loss. So for one of those teams to go back up, you know, hopefully at the end of the year, that would be a huge coup for the league. But it's it's important for the region as well. Yeah, I suppose the the sport is massive down here, and you know there there is the the big following, and I suppose when when everything happened with Limerick FC folding, it seemed a big loss for. Limerick in general and the province that we were to lose uh, such a big and prestigious team for us. And then when Treaty came around, there was a big buzz that, you know, we have another team entering the division. Now you have three contesting the first division two are you know, as we've said, are, are challenging for the top of the table, whereas Treaty are just kind of lingering around there at the moment. But definitely, uh, you know, the support down here. And if, you know, the, these talks of a third division do come into it, it'd be interesting to see how many Munster teams are put into the hat to go through with this if talks are progressing that there is a couple of teams interested. But the likes of the likes of the support down in Waterford and in Cork at the moment, we've seen the the buzz around Turner's Cross this year for the couple of games that we've that they've hosted down there, you know, the upwards of four thousand people coming down to first division. They're they're obsessed with sports down down at least side mm-hmm. at the moment. And it's evident that, you know, if Cork City can get the results again and go back up, you'll have four, nearly three and a half to four and a half thousand yeah. people down on Lee side every night next year if they're in the Premier Division against, you know, for, for revenue for a club like Cork and to promote the sport and get those academy lads coming back up. They do want to be up in the Premier Division, same as Watford, same as Treaty. Treaty want to get their first experience Premier Division football. I know some of the lads in the, in the squad have had that experience before, but as a club, to be fan created on in a, a whim on a couple of days and within two to three seasons you're in the top flight for the first time that'll be a remarkable achievement for them absolutely if we can just turn our attentions to just the premier division table just for a couple of minutes if you were to say after six games that the league table would look the way it is i think it's very much i i think we kind of had a kind of an inclination how the how the mm-hmm. first division was going to go but certainly not the premier division like we knew that Derry was going to be up there 
there or thereabouts. But I don't think anybody could have predicted the position, and I'm not being disrespectful to anybody, the position that Shamrock Rovers are in. You know, mm-hmm. they're currently sitting in fourth. They've lost already two games this year. You know, Simpats are in third. Sligo, um, a side who I'm going to be quite honest with you, I didn't, I didn't think there would be there or thereabouts in any shape or form at the beginning of the year, but there they are. Um, you know, it's it's it just shows you that this league is it. No one's going to run away with it for, for one thing, and the other thing is is that it, it it's going to be really really exciting when we go into those big big months. You know, for June, July, August, September kind of era when when it really kicks in. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, the, we when we were previewing the league at the start of the season, we'd all we both agreed that you know. Shamrock Rovers are going to be contesting top of the table for the majority of the season. It's going to be very interesting up top. And then it was kind of like, who will be second and third contesting it? But now St. Pats and Sligo have come out of the woodwork and they've, you know, showed that they can not just make up the numbers in the league, they can actually contest the the, the teams like Shamrock Rovers, for, for example. And, you know, if you'd said to me, you know, a couple of weeks ago that, It'd be like it'd be you know Derry would be near the top of the table. I'd agree with you. I mm-hmm. previewed that Derry would be second, if not third, in the table. They would be contesting Shamrock Rovers. They'd give them a good run through, especially when they when they defeated them up at the Brandywell that night. I definitely thought, oh, you know, definitely Derry to their credit are looking strong. But for Sligo to come out of nowhere and be contesting the top of the table, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be be having that a, a couple of weeks ago. But now the football that they're playing has been very very strong for them now the pitch at showgrounds at the best of times hasn't been great the night yeah. against dundalk if i i didn't see it as a as a league of ireland ground to be honest with you that the i suppose the standard of grounds that i've seen in a couple of images this year hasn't been great but you know they've they've used it they've got points at home away from home you know to sligo to their credit are showing that you know you don't have to be one of the big boys to compete in the league They've have they have a good squad, good manager at the wheel. I can't see why Sligo can't continue their their charge and, and stay in the European places, even to be honest with you. The one thing that was just just one comment on Derry. Derry are doing what Shamrock Rovers have been doing for years, and that's those last, last, last mm-hmm. second goals. They did it against Pats, they've done it against um done it against Shamrock Rovers, near, it nearly did it against Dundalk. It it goes to show you that that that's an embedded culture that's just driven into sides, but driven into successful sides. Yeah, I suppose the the philosophy that's going in Derry at the moment is you don't give up until you hear the final whistle. Um, you pardon know, you, you pardon, <laughs> yeah, pardon the fun. To be honest, it's a bit it's a bit of product placement that actually, but it it, it is funny like watching their games this year and seeing how many results are coming within those final few minutes. The, the hunger that the ambition of you know we're chasing the goal it's, it's almost like you're not leaving here unless we we get the result like we, we need to leave with something they've done it they've done it numerous times this year it's just I think they have the drive and ambition this year to challenge for the title we've seen them top of the table at the moment and you know they've made good of the chances that are left behind with you know Shamrock Rovers dropping points and obviously they do have a game in hand as well when the UCD game got called off, so they'll be looking forward to that game whenever it gets refixed. I think it might be fixed for, I think it's two weeks in April mm-hmm. or something like that. But you know what? Uh, I suppose it, it is a good. Uh, I don't know if, it, if it's more of their, I suppose the players themselves, or whether it's Rory Higgins' philosophy as a manager to say, 
the game is played over 90 minutes. If there's a little bit of time added on late on and we're searching for a goal, you leave everything out there. If you if we didn't get the result in the end, at least you tried. I think that's what he's in. He's put onto the players, and it's definitely worked for them this season. Back onto the focus of the first division. Um, we've got a f- four fixtures for this weekend. As we know, there's no Premier Division matches. Trinity United are at home to Waterford. Uh, Bray are at home to Wexford. Cork City at home to Athlone, and Longford are at home to Galway United. All of those kickoffs are Friday evening at 7.45. Going Longford seems to be the, the game of the week. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, you know, the, it, it's an interesting tie because I suppose with Waterford going down to Treaty and seeing how they played against Cork last week and Cork taking on Athlone and Turner's Cross, for me, it looks like it could, it's going to be a result for both Cork and Waterford in that regards, unless we see something come out from Tracy or Athlone produce that little bit of magic that we've we've seen them in stages so far this year. But Longford picking up their win, they'll be looking to build on that momentum. But obviously, John Caulfield will know that if he is to lead a team that's going to get into the Premier Division next year, you need to beat Longford. You need to beat these... The, the scrappy games away from home as well as taking teams to, to aim in DC Park and, and getting your, your results that way but I suppose Longford will be will be chomping at the bit this weekend they'll want those these results as well they want to as you know relegated last year as I said earlier they want to get back up it'll be interesting to see if can they get the result against a team like Galway who have been showing their class this year but I suppose if you know what you know when John Caulfield sees the games elsewhere obviously he won't be able to see them in in real time cuz all the games are at the same time but he'll know that you know when when your two title rivals are taking on at the same time your level with cork at the moment you don't want to be dropping points even though we're at, we're only at the early stages of the season this is the time that you want to build your title charge and then keep going toward into the summer months until the end of the season you know, if he slip, if they slip up against Longford, that's a big result for Cork. Um, and Cork don't need a second chance. If they can get three or four points ahead of you in the table, they'll take it and run, to be honest. The Bray-Wexford one is quite interesting. Just to finish, this is going to be the last game we'll look at. Bray and Wexford are currently on equal points. A win for either side will leapfrog them into the, into the kind of, what I call the safety pocket of the playoff position, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. So it, it's a big game in all accounts, and and Bray really, really want to get their season going. I know they've, I know they've won two, but they have lost three. So it's it's a case that they they kind of need to get that winning momentum going. Yeah, I suppose we're talking about momentum. The, the the start of the season for them wasn't a great experience. They were struggling in the early few games. They found their feet, but taking on a Wexford team who have definitely surprised us all and been a little bit of a surprise package and you know someone like Dinny Cork. We did say that though we did mm-hmm. say it that they could be the potential yeah and you know a player like Dinny Corker and in their ranks like you know it's definitely a game that it could be the game of the it could be the game of the night on Friday night or yeah. it could be a dismal one 0 or a nil all <laughs> draw or something like that but you know you never know what to what you're going to get out of Bray and and Wexford, but definitely Wexford will be going into the game knowing, you know, if we can get a result here, depending on what happens between Galway and Longford, you could definitely see them going up the table and they could be challenging for 
for higher up in the table, you just never know what the season has. We know we've said about how competitive the first division is this year. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to call. To be fair, it's very, it's been very hard to call. We've been completely surprised by even the Premier Division yeah. results this year. Not mind the first division. I suppose we we did expect that the top three would be the top three, but for a team like Wexford, who you know were looking one of the weaker teams when we were when we were hyping up Treaty and stuff like that. You know, they've definitely come out of the woodwork and, you know, Bray, to their credit, are a decent team, but I don't think their form going into this game um, will see them getting a, getting a result against Wexford, to be honest with you. Listen, Jeremy, thanks very much. And will we be catching you on Friday evening for Around the Grounds? Yeah, we will indeed. Another bumper weekend of it anyway. Coming up on Friday, we will have that. And then, of course, we'll have Women's National League games then on Saturday as well. We'll be doing another Around the Grounds. Then. So we're, we're, we're kept busy anyway with the with the live coverage, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's brilliant. And listen, we look all look forward to it. So once again, thanks very much, Dermot. And we'll speak to you next week, hopefully. Perfect, Karen. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And that's our lot for this week. I want to thank, first of all, Kevin O'Connor of Cork City and Dinny Corcoran of Wexford. Dear McCarney, once again, of uh, SpinalWhistle.e for coming on and giving his thoughts. To Colleen Duffy, for who's on produ- production this evening. I'm King Kieran Callan. I will see you next week. And whatever first division ground you're going to this weekend, enjoy it and hope it's a good one.